Hello, it's story time, folks. Welcome story to time. Infinite Cast. Um, all right. So the thing this week that we have is a another steeply Marath uh, chapter, uh, and Molly's uh, proposal for making this a little bit more dynamic is that for this session, uh, I will be playing steeply and reading the dialogue. Yeah. And Molly will play Marath and read the wall to wall, read the uh, stage direction, the narration. I was just thinking that that would, you know, make it less boring for you because you got to read and then maybe make it a little easier for the audience to understand the difference between the two characters because uh, it, the way it's written, it's, uh, it's a confusion. It's, it is confusion. It is a little, it's just a confused. Uh, but, but the... The real thing here is that I'm trying to get a steeply character going, uh, and Molly has rejected my first, my first take on steeply. Just not. I don't think of him as like a gruff, raspy. I think of him as like almost like a promoted, like a like a office worker, but who with a higher calling. So my first impulse was to go uh, because he's a uh, you know a career, um, a career intelligence agent but also a man playing a woman. My first impulse was kind of a Harvey Firestein type thing. Two babe, two, two camp. Campy. Two camp. So my, my, my first voice was going to be something like, no, some sort of radical advance, stereotaxy, epilepsy treatment, but Molly rejected that. She said, no, more of leading man type, more of an action hero type, a Tom Cruise, perhaps even a Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I don't know. Just I would be curious if, if people want to, you know, d- d- DM or whatever. What what type of guy you think Hugh Steeply is? I mean, he he disappears into roles, right? So yes. what what kind of guy does oh, that? Disappear. Jared Leto. Think of like a Jared, Jared Leto. Type. Leto. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but what is the Jared Leto voice? Oh. Well, let's 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 work it out. Let's no? let's get through Some it. Some sort of radical advance, stereotaxy, epilepsy treatment. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Fine. You, you work it out. Explore the space. Explore the space. Well, that's what I'm saying is that this is, you know, this is an experimental episode and we're going to be exploring the space. Yeah. All right. Let's let's do it. Uh, Pre-dawn, 1st May, YDAU, outcropping northwest of Tucson, Arizona, USA, still. Right away, it's funny that he's commenting on his own, like the own endurance of this segment. It's Yeah, this is the first he's he's acknowledged both that it's an outcropping and still. still. <laughs> Damn, this thing that I keep writing keeps happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you remember hearing? USOUS, as Hugh Steeply said. In your own country, in the late, I think, BS 70s, of an experimental program. A biomedical experiment involving the idea of electroimplantations in the human brain. Steeply at the shelf's lip turned to look. Marath merely looked back at him. Steeply said, No? Some sort of radical advance? Stereotaxy? Epilepsy treatment? They proposed to implant tiny little hair-thin electrodes in the brain. Some leading Canadian neurologist, elder, elders, something at the time, had hit on evidence that t- that certain tiny little stimulations in certain brain areas could prevent a seizure, as in, uh, as in an epileptic seizure. They implant electrodes, hair thin, just a few millivolts, or... Briggs electrodes. Beg pardon? Morath coughed slightly, also the type used in pacemakers of the heart. Steeply felt his lip. 
I'm thinking, I'm recalling a tentative bio entry saying your father had had a pacemaker. Morath touched his own face absently. The plutonium 239 pack of power, the Briggs electrode, the Kenbeck DC circuit. I am recalling terms and instructions. Avoid all microwaving ovens and many transmitters. Cremation for burial forbidden. This is because of plutonium 239. So, but you know of this old program with epileptics. Experiments they thought they could avoid, uh, that could avoid ablative surgery for severe epilepsy? Morath said nothing and made what might be seen as slightly shaking the head. Steeply turned back to face the east with his hands clasped before his back, wishing to speak of it one way or another way, Morath could tell. I can't remember if I read about it or heard a lecture or what. The implantation was a pretty inexact science. It was all experimental. A whole lot of electrodes had to be implanted in an incredibly small area of the temporal lobe to to hope to find the nerve terminals that involved epileptic seizures. And it was trial and error, stimulating each electrode and checking the reaction. Temporal lobes of the brain, Morath said. What happened was that Olders and the Canadian neuroscientists happened to find, during all the trial and error, the firing certain electrodes in certain parts of the lobe gave the brain intense feelings of pleasure. Steeply looked back over his shoulder at Morath. I mean, we're talking about intense pleasure, Remy. I'm remembering Olders talking about these little strips of stimulatable pleasure tissue, P-terminals. P, wishing to mean the pleasure. And that their location seemed maddeningly inexact and unpredictable, even with brains of the same species. A P-terminal turn, a P-terminal turn out to be right up next to some other neuron whose stimulation would cause pain or hunger or God knows what. The human brain is very dense, it is the truth. The whole point is that they weren't doing it on humans yet. It was regarded as radically experimental. They used animals and animal lobes, but soon the pleasure stimulation phenomenon was its own separate radical experiment. While the second string neuro team stuck with the anal- uh, the epileptic animal uh, the epileptic animals, older or elder or some Anglo-Canadian name headed the team to map what he called these quote rivers of reward. The P-terminals in the lobes. Morath idly felt at the little pills of cotton in his windbreaker's cotton pockets, pleasantly nodding. An experimental program of Canada, you stated. I, I even remember the Brandon Psychiatric Center. Morath pretended to cough in the recognition of this. This is a mental hospital, the far north of Manitoba, forbidding wastelands, the center of nothing. Because they were theorizing that these, quote, rivers or terminals, were also the brain's receptors for things like beta-endorphins, L-dopa, Q-dopa, serotonin, all various neurotransmitters of pleasure. The department of euphoria, so to speak, within the human brain. There was no hint or suggestion yet of dawn or light. But not humans yet, Steeply said. Older's earliest subjects were rats, and the results were uh, apparently sobering. The new... The Canadians found if they rigged an auto-stimulation lever, the rat would press the lever to simulate his P-terminal over and over. Thousands I bet of- he did. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, while we're taking a break, uh, weren't we talking just last week about how this book is fascinated with seizures? Yeah, ep- the uh, Pat Montesian's dogs are epileptic. Yes. Um, <laughs> would press the lever to simulate his P-terminal over and over, thousands of times an hour. 
over and over, ignoring food and the female rats in heat, completely fixated on the lever's stimulation. Day in, day and night, stopping only when the rat finally died of dehydration or simple fatigue. Morath said, not of the pleasure itself, however. Uh, sorry, water <laughs> break. Speaking of, I think dehydration, I'm fuzzy on what the, uh, uh, just what the rat died of. Morath shrugged. But the envy of all experimental rats everywhere, this rat, I think. Then likewise, implantations and levers of cats, dogs, swine, monkeys, primates, and even a dolphin. Up the evolving scale, P-terminals for each. Each died? Eventually. Steeply said. Or else they had to be lobotomized. Because I remember even if the pleasure electrode was removed, the stimulation lever removed. The subject had run around pressing anything that could be pressed or flipped, trying to get one more jolt. The dolphin probably it swam about and did this, I think. You seem amused by this, Remy. This was too, totally Cana- a Canadian show, this little neuroelectric adventure. I am amused while you make a way toward your point so slowly. Because then eventually Elder and company, of course, wanted to try human subjects to see whether the human lobe had P-terminals, and so on. And because of the sobering consequences for the subject animals, in the program they couldn't legally use prisoners or patients, they had to try to secure volunteers. Because of a risk, Morath said. The whole thing was apparently a nightmare of Canadian legalities and statutes. Morath pursed the lips. I have doubts in my mind. Ottawa could easily have asked your then CIA for, what is the term, Persons of expendability from Southeast Asia or Negroes, the subjects is expended for your inspiring USA's MK Ultra, which takes, takes us, us to EndNote 198. 198. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, Project MK Ultra, US CIA Inception 4 3 BS.53. The central activity of the MK Ultra program was conducting and funding brainwashing experimentation with dangerous drugs and other techniques, sick, performed on uh, persons who are not volunteers by CIA, uh, Technical Service Division employees, agents, and contractors. That's a quote from Civil Action, uh, 83163, Orlikow et al. versus United States of America, BS 1980. Is that a real case? Uh, probably. I, I'm actually not familiar with the uh, the real the the real history of MK Ultra. Uh, seems like a great time to get into it. Back to the text. Well, I was gonna, I was just going to say it's funny that in like the the early mid '90s, uh, David Foster Wallace would have to like put an end note being like, "Hey, this is, MK Ultra is a real thing." Yeah, sure. And, and now that it's just like so, uh, you know, second nature of being like, "Oh yeah, a thousand po- <laughs> a thousand podcasts have covered such a thing." Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh yeah, MK Ultra, that funny thing that happened in the '70s. Yeah, damn, that's that, that shit crazy. Uh, back to the main. Steeply elected ignoring this, rummaging in the purse. But what apparently happened was that somehow the word of the P-terminal discovery and experiments had gotten out up in Manitoba. Some low-level worker at Brandon, let's go Brandon, (laughs) some low-level worker at Brandon had broken security and leaked word. Very little else to do in northern Manitoba besides leaking and gossiping. And suddenly the neuro team at Brandon pull into work one day and find human volunteers lining up literally around the block outside the place. (laughs) Able-bodied, and I should remember to recall mostly young Canadians, lining up and literally trampling each other in their desire to sign up for volunteers for P-terminal electrode implantation and stimulation. In full knowledge of the rats and dolphins' death from pressing the lever. Murat's father had always assigned it to Remy, his youngest, to go first inside some public restaurant or shop 
to check for the presence of a microwave or GC type of transmitter. Of special concerns were stores with instruments for thwarting a shoplifter, the shrieking instruments at doors. Steeply said, And of course this eagerness for implantation put a whole new disturbing spin on the study of human pleasure and behavior, and a whole new Brandon Hospital team was hastily assembled to study the psych profiles of all these people willing to trample one another to undergo invasive brain surgery and foreign object implantation. To become some crazed rats. All just for the chance at this kind of pleasure. And the MMPIs and millions and and apperception tests on all these hordes of prospective volunteers. The hordes were told it was part of the screening. The scores that came out fascinatingly, chillingly average normal. In other words, not any deviance. What is this, the Eternals? Uh-huh. But back to the text, not abnormal, not abnormal along every axis they could see. Just regular young people, Canadian young people. Volunteering for fatal addiction to the electrical pleasure. But Remy, apparently the purest, most refined pleasure imaginable. <laughs> the neural distillate of, say, orgasm, religious enlightenment, ecstatic drugs, shiatsu, a <laughs> crackling fire on a winter night. The sum of all possible pleasures refined into pure current and deliverable at the flip of a handheld lever, thousands of a times, at, thousands of times an hour at will. Morath gave him a bland look, steeply examined a cuticle. By free choice, of course. Morath assumed an ex- expression that lampooned a dullard's hard thought. <laughs> Thus, but how long before these leaks and rumors of P-terminals reach the Ottawa of government and public <laughs> wheel, for Canada's government reacts with horror at the prospect of this? Oh, and not just Ottawa, steeply said. You can see the implementations of if a technology like Elders really became available. I know Ottawa formed Turner, Bush, Casey, whoever it was at the time, and everyone at Langley bit their knuckle in horror. The CIA chewed a hand? Because surely you can see the implementations for any kind of industrialized, market-driven, high-discretionary spending society. But it would be illegalized, Morath said, noting to remember the various (laughs) routines of movements steeply made for keeping warm. Stop with the babe in the wood charade, steeply said. There was still the prospect of an underground market uh, exceptionally more pernicious than narcotics or LSD. The electrode and lever technology looked expensive at the time, but it was easy to foresee enormous widespread demand for bringing it down to wherever electrodes be no longer no more exotic than syringes. But yes, but surgery, this would be a different matter to implant. Plenty of surgeons are already willing to perform illegal procedures. Abortions, electric penile implants. <laughs> the MK Ultra surgeries. Steeply laughed without mirth. Huh. Or, off the record, I- amputations for daring young train cultists. No? Morath blew just one nostril of his nose. This was the Quebecois way, one of the nostrils at a time. <laughs> Morath's father's generation, they had used, uh, they'd used to bend and blow the one nostril out into the gutter in the street. Steeply said, Picture millions of average, non-abnormal North Americans, all implanted with Briggs electrodes, all with electronic access to their own personal P-terminals, never leaving home, thumbing over their personal simulation lovers over and over. Lying upon their divans, ignoring females in rutting, having rivers of reward without earning reward. Bug-eyed, drooling, moaning, trembling, incontinent, dehydrated, not working, not consuming, not interacting or taking part in community life, finally pitched forward from sheer... 
Morath said, giving away their souls and lives for P-terminal stimulation, you are saying. Uh... You can maybe see the analogy. Steeply said, over the shoulders to smile in a wry way. Canada, my friend, this was. Morath made a very slight version of his rotary motion of impatience. From the AD 1970s of time, this never has come to be. There would have been no development of the happy patch. We both went in, both our nations. In secret. Ottawa first cutting the Brandon program's funding, which Turner or Casey, whoever, howled at, our old CIA wanted the procedure developed and perfected, then classified military use or something. Morath said, but the civilian guardians of the wheel of the public felt differently. I think I'm remembering Carter was president. Both our combined nations made it a security priority, shutting it down. Our old NSA, your old C7 with the RCMPs. Bright red jackets and hats with wide brims. In the 1970s, still on horses. Steeply held his mouth of the purse half up to the faint lights of Tucson, <laughs> peering for something. The mouth of the purse? Uh, yeah. I recall they went in directly, as in guns drawn, boomed in, boomed the doors, dismantled the labs, mercy killed the dolphins and goats. <laughs> Older disappeared somewhere. Morath's slow, circular gesture. Your point finally is Canadians also. We would choose dying for this, the total pleasure of a passive goat. Steeply turned, fiddling with an emery board. <laughs> That's what he was looking for. But you, but you don't see a more specific analogy with the entertainment. Morath tongued the inside of his cheek. You are saying the entertainment, a somehow optical stimulation of the P-terminals, a way to bypass Briggs electrodes for orgasm and massage pleasures? <laughs> the dry rasp of the emerying a nail. <laughs> All I'm saying is analogy, a precedent in your own nation. Us, our nation is the Quebec nation. Manitoba is. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry. Um, I'm saying that if you could get past the blind desire for harm against the U.S., your M. Fortier might be indulged, induced to see just what it is he's proposing to let out of this cage. His training was such that he could emery without watching the procedure. For Steepley's most effective interviewing tactic was this long looking down into the face without emotion of any kind. For Morath felt more uncomfortable not knowing whether Steepley believed a thing than if Steepley's emotion of face showed he did not believe. All right, th thank you for your service. We're we're out of the woods for the time being. <laughs> uh, we're out of the off outcropping. Deep, deep bow. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, we'll, we'll, I appreciate we'll, we'll, my I'll inaugural give you your next call time. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, a little more. Yeah, of course. Okay, great. Yeah, we got we got to keep plowing. Okay, great. Then tonight, at the prospect of boiled hot dogs, the two newest <laughs> residents had pulled the typically standard new resident princess and pea special food issue thing. The new today girl, Amy J, that just sits there on the vinyl couch, shaking like an aspen, and having people bring her coffee and light her gaspers, and with just short of a, like, helpless victim, please coddle sign hung around her neck. <laughs> now claiming red dye number four gives her cluster migraines. <laughs> Gately gives this girl, like, a week tops before she's a vapor trail back to the Xanax, which takes us to end note 199. Uh, Alprazolam, up John Inc.'s big hat throw into the benzodiazepine ring. Only schedules C4, but wickedly dependence-producing with severe, unpleasant, abrupt withdrawal pen penalties. That is true. Back, back to the text. Did anybody ever make like a book or a movie or a TV show or name anything uh, like Generation X, but the X stood for Xanax? That's a good doesn't question. That, doesn't that seem like a Gen X thing? Yeah. Well, what was the other? What was the other? Valium. The, the big. 
wasn't there like a big book that was like the the value? Prozac Nation. Prozac Nation. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, Prozac is of course an SSRI. Yes. <laughs> Which they put in the water here in New York, and it makes yes. us all very, very I'm happy chilling. and normal. Yeah. I'm having a great time. That's why I'm pro chemtrails. Uh, I I want chemtrails to be real, but I want them to be uh, distributed. Uh, gaseous form of a low-grade Prozac, yeah. and I think that they should make everybody feel very chill and normal. Uh, she has that look. Uh, and the weirdly familiar but southernish sounding girl, Joelle Van Dee, with the past-believing bod and the linen face, <laughs> announcing she was a vegetarian and would rather eat a bug than even get downwind of a boiled Frank. <laughs> and, but in an incredible move, Pat M. has asked Gately at like 1,800 hours to blast down to the Purity Supreme down in Alston, and pick up some eggs and peppers so the new, t- the two new delicate tummied newcomers can make themselves quiche or whatever. <laughs> to Gately's way of thinking, this looks like catering to just the sort of classic addict's claim of special uniqueness that it's supposed to be Pat's job to help break down. The Joel VD character seems to have like inordinate, inordinate immediate weight and pet status with Pat, who's already making noises about exempting the girl from the menial job requirement, and wants Gately to look for some kind of weird big red soda water tonic for the girl who's apparently still dehydrated. It's sure a long way from making somebody chew feldspar. Gately has long since trying to quit Gately has long since quit trying to figure Pat Montesian out. It's a weird weather evening, both thundering and spitting snow. Gately had finally become able to distinguish genuine thunder from the Enfield sounds of Ask Me fans and EWD catapults. This after 9 months of wearing a Goodwill rain slicker every morning on the 0430 green line. One of the possible weak spots in Gately's AA recovery program of rigorous personal honesty is that once he's jammed himself into a black-as-water Aventura and watched the spoiler throb as he turns over the carnivorous engine, etc., he often finds himself taking a little bit less of a direct route to a given Ennett errand site than he mm. probably could. If he had to come right down to the heart of the issue, he likes to cruise around town in Pat's car. He's able to minimize the suspicious time. Any particular bit of extra cruising adds to his errands by basically driving like a lunatic, ignoring lights, cutting people off, scoffing at one ways, veering wildly in and out, making pedestrians drop things and lunge curbward, <laughs> leaning on a horn. That sounds more like an air raid siren. You think this would be judicially insane in terms of not having a license and facing a no-license jail bit anyway, but the fact is that this sort of on-the-way-to-the-ER-with-a-passenger-in-labor-driving doesn't usually raise so much as an eyebrow among Boston's finest, since they have more than enough other stuff to attend to in these troubled times, and since everybody else in Metro Boston drives exactly the same sociopathic way, including the finest themselves, so that the only real risk Gately's running is to his own sense of rigorous personal honesty. Uh, driving in Boston does suck. Yeah. Uh, but I would blame that more on the roads than on the drivers. They're bad. Yeah. The navigation there, uh, the the big, the big dig, more like the bad dig, folks. (laughs) Uh, More like the big drag. The big drag. Yeah. Uh, downtown. Well, I guess it's more downtown than metro area, but still, uh, (laughs) not, no fun to drive in Boston. Yeah. One cliche he's found especially serviceable, W slash R slash T, the Aventura issue, is that recovery is about progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. He likes to make a stately left onto Commonwealth and wait to get out of view of the house's bay window and then produce what he imagines is a rebel yell and open her up down the serpentine tree-lined boulevard of the Ave as it slithers through bleak parks of Brighton and Alston and past Boston U and toward the big triangular Sitgo neon sign and the back bay. 
He passes the unexamined life club where he no longer goes at 1800 hours, already throbbing with voices and bass under its ceaseless neon bottle, and then the great gray numbered towers of the Brighton projects where he definitely no longer goes. Scenery starts to blur and distend at 70 kilometers per hour. Uh, Comav splits Enfield, Brighton, Alston from the downscale north edge of Brookline on the right. He passes the meat-colored facades of anonymous Brookline tenements, father and son market, a dumpster nest, Burger King's, Blanchard's Liquors, an interlace outlet, a land barge alongside another dumpster nest, corner bars and clubs. Play it again, Sam's, Harper's Ferry, Bun Ratties. <laughs> Harper's Ferry. <laughs> That's Rascaller, funny. father's first and second. A CVS, two interlace outlets right next to each other. The Ellis the Rim Man sign. The Marty's Liquors that they rebuilt like ants the week after it burnt down. <laughs> he passes the hideous Riley's Roast Beef where the Alston group gathers to pound coffee before commitments. The giant Sitgo signs like a triangular star to steer by. He's doing 75K down a straightaway, keeping abreast of an inbound Green Line train ramming downhill on the slightly raised track that splits Com's lanes into two and two. He likes to match a green train at 75K all the way down Commonwealth's integral, in, integral, what is this symbol? Uh, uh, I have no idea. C, it's the C, C with, with the like little tail magic. on the bottom. Yeah. It, yeah. And see how Isn't close. That a French letter? I don't know. Also, is he, he driving kilometers? Yeah, it's all, it's all, uh, uh, we got the metric system when, is, we, uh, when we experialized. Experialized? Yep. Well, that, well, then I would vote for it. Wow. <laughs> to get the metric system okay give, give me that metric so what so he's only going like 55 sure well but 55 in the city limits is a, a actually an incredibly high speed yeah sure but uh vision zero chris vision zero <laughs> and see how close he can cut beating it across the tracks at the brighton nav split it's a vestige he'll admit it's like a dark vestige of his old low self-esteem suicidal thrill behaviors he doesn't have a license. It's not his car. It's a priceless art object car. It's his boss's car, who he owes his life to and sort of maybe loves. <laughs> He's on a vegetable run for shattered husks of newcomers just out of detox whose eyes are rolling around in their heads. Has anybody mentioned Gately's head is square? <laughs> it's almost perfectly square. Massive and boxy and mysticetously blunt. I'm going to have to look that one up. The head of somebody who looks like he likes to lower his head and charge. He used to let people open and close elevator doors on his head, break things across his head. The indestructible in his childhood cognomen referred to the head. His left ear looks a bit like a prize fighter's left ear. The head's nearly flat on top so that his hair, long in back but with short Prince Valiant bangs in front, looks sort of like <laughs> a carpet remnant someone's tossed on the head and let slide slightly back but stay. Which takes us to a note. <laughs> 200. Ding, ding, ding. Bing, bong. Uh, and it housed near alumnus Chandler Foss's analysis, which you can bet was developed outside Gately's earshot. <laughs> Back to the text. Nobody that lives in these guano-spotted old brown buildings along Calm with bars on the low floors' windows, which takes us to a note. 201. Another vestige. Gately still automatically notices bars and mesh, the foil and little magnetic contacts of residential alarms, plunger buttons on the insides of hinges, etc. Back to the text. Uh, uh, nobody ever lives in these guano-spotted old brown buildings along calm with bars on the low floor's windows ever goes inside, it seems like. Even in thunder and little asterisks of snow, all kinds of olive Spanish and puke white Irish are on every corner. 
bullshitting and trying to look like they're just out there waiting for something important and drinking out of tall boys wrapped tight in brown bags. A strange nod to discretion, the bags wrapped so tight the outline of the cans can't be missed. A shore boy, Gately never used a paper bag around street corner cans. It's like a city thing. The Aventura can, uh, the Aventura can do 80 uh, kph in third gear. The engine never strains or whines, just eventually starts to sound hostile, is how you know to hurt your hip and shift. The Aventura's instrument panel looks more like the instrument panel of military aircraft. Something's always blinking and indicating. One of the blinking lights is supposed to tell you when to shift. Pat has told him to ignore the panel. <laughs> he loves to make the driver's side window go down and rest his left elbow on the jam like a cabbie. He's caught behind a bus whose big square ass is in both lanes, and he can't get around it in time to beat the train across the split, though. And the train crosses in front of the bus with a blast of its farty-sounding horn, and what Gately sees is a kind of swagger to its jiggle on the street-level track. He can see people bouncing around inside the train, holding on to straps and bars. Below the split on Com, it's Boston U, Kenmore and Fenway, Berkeley School of Music. Damn, I shouldn't have smoked that shit. Now I'm at the Berkeley School of Music. <laughs> That's a good that's one. From, that's from like band memes 666 on Instagram <laughs> I like to follow. The Sitco sign's still off in the distance ahead. You have to go a shocking long way to actually get to the big sign, which everybody says is hollow, and you can get up inside there and stick your head out in a pulsing neon sea, but no one's ever personally been up to, up to there. <laughs> arm out like a hack's arm, gately blasts through BU country, as in backpack and personal stereo and designer fatigues country. Personal stereo. I wonder what 90s. he's referencing there. I guess like the carrying this the boombox. I think maybe more like in their rooms they have their own stereo, which I imagine is a sign of a more upscale a scale, type yeah. guy. I toured and applied to BU. Um, I BC. toured and did not apply. I'm sure. I'm sure been, we talked about this. I wonder. Before. Wonder if I went to Boston College. Isn't that where AOC went? I, we could have been classmates. Were you saying? Yeah, you're around the same age. She's my age. She's, I believe, between our ages, and we are like. Two years. I'm apart. 32. You're 30. I'm about to be 34. Three, and she's 30. Yeah, she's, she's like right, right around there. So yeah. Um, soft faced boys with backpacks and high hard hair and seamless foreheads, totally lineless, untroubled foreheads like cream cheese or iron sheets. <laughs> All the storefronts here are for clothes or TP cartridges or posters. Gately's had the lines in his big forehead since he was about 12. It's here he especially likes making people throw their packages in the air and dive for the curb. <laughs> hey man BU girls who look like they've eaten nothing but dairy products their whole lives girls who do step aerobics girls with co good combed long clean hair non-addicted girls the weird hopelessness at the heart of lust Gately hasn't had sex in almost two years Aww. at the end of the Demerol he physically couldn't then in Boston AA they tell you not to not in your first year clean if you want to be sure to hang in but they like omit to tell you that after that year has gone by you're going to have to have forgotten how to even talk to a girl except about surrender and denial and what, it <laughs> and what it used to be like out there in the cage. Gately's never had sex sober yet or danced or held somebody's hand except to say the Our Father in a big circle. He's gone back to having wet dreams at age 29. Oh, that's how old he I guess I thought he was older. No, he's, uh, yeah, he's in his Saturn return. <laughs> Gately's found he can get away with smoking in the Aventura if he opens the passenger window too and makes sure no ashes go anywhere. The crosswind through the open car is brutal. He smokes menthols. 
He'd switched to menthols at four months clean because he couldn't stand them. And the only people he knew that smoked them were <clears throat> N-words. And he figured that if uh, menthols were the only gaspers he let himself smoke, he'd be more likely to quit. <laughs> and now he can't stand anything but menthols, which Calvin T says are even worse for you because they got little bits of asbestos shit in the filter and whatnot. <laughs> but Gailey had been living in the little male live-in staffer's room down in the basement by the audio payphone and tonic machines for like two months before it turned out the health guy came and inspected and said all the big pipes up at the room ceiling were insulated in ancient asbestos that was coming apart and asbestosizing the room. <laughs> and Gately had to move all his shit and the furniture out into the open basement and guys in white suits with oxygen tanks went in and stripped everything off the pipes and went over the room with what smells like it was a flamethrower. Then hauled the decayed, decayed asbestos down to EWD in a welded drum with a skull on it. So Gately figures menthol gaspers are probably the least of his long worries at this point. <laughs> you can get on... I think this is the first evidence of, uh, of waste in this book that has been taken away in the waste container and then catapulted. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, sort of like a remote thing, and now it's like... Uh, now, no, it's, you, now you see exactly what, the what it is. The seedy underbelly of the entire infrastructure is, of America. Lead paint, asbestos. Asbestos, stripping it, putting it in a big canister <laughs> with a skull on it, and catapulting it to Canada. <laughs> It is, a, it is a very funny idea. <laughs> Wump. Uh, <laughs> you can get on the Storo 500, which takes us to EndNote 202, a local Argo for Storo Drive, which runs along the Charles from the Back Bay out to Alewife with multiple lanes and Eshurian signs and on and off ramps within car lengths of each other and no speed limit and sudden forks and the overall driving experience so forehead drenching it's in the Metro Police Union's contract they don't have to go anywhere near it. Uh, yep, that sounds like my experience driving in Boston. Uh, you can get on the Storo 500 off Com back to the text, off Com Ave below Kenmore via this long, twiny, overpass shadowed road that cuts across the fens. Basically, the Storo 500 is an urban express route that runs along the bright blue chuck all the way along Cambridge's spine. The Charles is vivid even under gloomy, thundering skies. Gately has decided to buy the newcomer's omelet stuff at Bread and Circus in Inman Square, Cambridge. It will explain delay and will be a subtle, nonverbal stab at unique dietary requests in general. Bread and Circus is a socially hyper-responsible, overpriced grocery full of Cambridge Green Party granola crunchers, and everything's like microbiotic and fertilized only with organic, genuine llama shit, etc. The Aventura's low driver seat and huge windshield afford your thinking man maybe a little more view of the sky than he'd like. The sky is low and gray and loose and seems to hang. There's something baggy about the sky. It's impossible to tell whether snow is actually falling or whether just a little snow that's already fallen is blowing around. Mm. That's a very specific New England feeling. Yeah. To get to Inman Square, you veer over three lines to get off the Storo 500 on Prospect Street's ramp of death and slalom between the sinkholes and go right north and take Prospect through Central Square and all the way north through heavy ethnicity <laughs> up almost into Somerville. Inman Square, too, is someplace Gately rarely goes anymore because it's cam in Cambridge's Little Lisbon, heavily Portuguese, <laughs> which means also Brazilians in the antiquated bell-bottoms and flare-collared leisure suits they've never let go of. And where there are disco-eyed Brazilians, uh, can cocaine and narcotics ever be far away? The district's Brazil <laughs> Disco-eyed Brazilians. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, sounds like fun. <laughs> Take me there. The district's Brazilians are another solid rationale for driving at excessive rates of speed for Gately. Plus, Gately's solidly pro-American 
and north of Central Square's Clot and Snarl, Prospect Streets, a copless straight shot through eerily alien lands. Billboards in Spanish, plaster Madonnas in fenced front yards, intricately latticed grape arbors looking seized and clutched at now by networks of finger-thick bare woody vines. Ads for lottery tickets in what isn't quite Spanish. All the houses gray, more bright, bright plastic Madonnas in nunnish get-ups on peeling front porches, stores and bodegas and low-suspension cars triple-parked, an all-out full-cast crash-type scene hung from a second-floor balcony, clotheslines hanging between houses, gray houses in rows squished right up next to each other in long rows with tiny toy-strewn yards, and tall the houses, like being squished in from either side, distends them. A couple Canadian and Nuck-owned stores mashed in here and there between the pro- propinquous Spanish three-deckers, looking subjugated and exiled, etc., the street shitty with litter and holes, indifferent drainage, big-ass girls stuffed like stuffed sausage into cigarette jeans in always trios in the twilight with that weird blonde-brown hair Portuguese girls dye their hair to. We're getting a little racist, Don. I mean, he literally just said against, the N-word yes, a while but ag- ago. But against Portuguese. Brazilians, yeah. I guess. A store in good old English advertising chickens fresh killed daily. <laughs> Riles's Jazz Club's upscale pub-type bar. Guys in tweed caps and briar pipes in mouths at angles, taking all day on a pint of warm stout. Gately's always thought dark beer tasted like cork. An intriguing single-decker medical-looking building with a sort of tympanum, tympanum over the smoked glass door with an ad that says complete destruction of confidential records that Gately's always wanted to poke the old head in and have a look at what on earth they might be up to in there. <laughs> Little Portuguese markets with food in there you can't even tell what species it's from. Once at a Portuguese takeout at Inman Square's East End, a co-core tried to get Gately to eat something that had tentacles. <laughs> he had a sub instead. <laughs> Gately now simply blows through Inman, heading for B&C, over on the upscale northwest side, nearer to Harvard, every light suddenly green and kind. The Aventura's 10-cylinder backwash raising an odd little tornado of discarded ad leaflets and glassine bags and corporate snack bags and a syringe's husk and filterless gasper butts and general crud, and a flattened millennial fizzy cup like from a stand which whirls in his exhaust, the tor- tornado of waste does, moving behind him as the last pearly curve of the sun through baggy clouds is eaten by the countless Sancta something, and then whitewashed wasp church's roofs finials further west near Harvard. At 60K, but sustained in its whirl by the strong west breeze as the last of the sun goes and a blue-black shadow quietly fills the canyon of prospect whose streetlights don't work for the same municipal reasons the street is in such crummy repair. And one piece of the debris Gately's raised and set spinning behind him, a thick flattened MF cup, caught by a sudden gust as it falls, twirling, is caught at some aerodyne's angle and blown spinning all the way to the storefront of one Antitois Entertainment, which takes us to end note 203. Was that, is that like a page-long sentence? It might be. It might be. Whether English misspelling or Quebecois solecism, sick. Uh, oh, entertainment. Excuse me. Entertainment. Antitois Entertainment. <laughs> Let me see if I am able to finish this sentence. Babe, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to finish this sentence anytime soon. It doesn't keep going for several pages. I mean, this it is. It keeps a- going for a long time. <laughs> Just scanning for a period. Because this. Remember when I said that this, this book has a center? Yeah. 
think we're entering the center. So maybe should we stop for the day? E- yes. Or will you remember you... where in the middle of the sentence? At end note 203. At end note 203. So we've yeah. ended and we've reached Antitois Entertainment, which if anyone is listening to this podcast who's listened, who has read the book before, shit's about to go crazy. Really? About, it's, shit's about to go down. Oh, so, so you are excited with the mansion, m- mention of, an, what is it? Antitois. Antitois Entertainment. Entertainment. Yes. Okay, great. Well, that's that's exciting. Um, this is a very th- this passage. I was like, not zoning out. The opposite of zoning a- a- out. Um, you know, uh, kind of like eyes dilating, just like really uh, going for the ride because this is a very evocative description of a certain type of urban neighborhood and driving through it, mm-hmm. and the um, you know, the experience of all the. Um, I, I don't want to say shitty, but yes, kind of shitty because all of America's urban areas are run down and they're in, in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, but small stores and uh, little uh, proprietorships and, and the kind of housing, the varied, but, sp- but always the same specific kind of like, apartment housing um, where it was like it was like nice the first five years it existed, it existed yes exactly. and then it hasn't ever been the, nice yeah it again. was like an urban paradise in like 1950 yeah uh and then was run down by 1958 it's you know? a it's also it's it's funny because that that the density of that is specific to cities but then also it is the though don gately is incredibly um what's the word for when you like your country best and you don't want to um you don't want any other country patriotic no it, it, but the negative way nationalistic oh shit uh jingoistic xenophobic xenophobic when you were afraid of the other cultures right okay yes don gately's being very xenophobic but it's also that that is <laughs> like it or not, just because it happens to be a neighborhood of people who might not be from America, that is still that happens in in the entire country to certain extents in different cities and towns yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, like the urban renew and just the renewal in general has like frozen and stopped, and it's like never yes. gonna get good again. Yes, yes, yes. It's very depressing to think about. Uh, it is very depressing. Um, yeah, I don't know. That is the way that's written, and that you know that one run-on sentence it very much does give you the sensation in word form of being in a fast car with your elbow out the window driving down an urban roadway Mm -hmm. and like observing everything very quickly and processing nothing and just like letting it wash over you as you head to the bread and circuses to pick up some peppers which by the way is not you know again i think the the point of boston too is like this uh uh, I mean, this is where I'm showing my ignorance, perhaps. But is there a little is there a little Brazil in in Boston, or is he making it up to be like uh to to fit in with the story? Little, uh, little Portugal, excuse me. Little, little por- I I mean, I'll have to look it up. Or I'm if sure someone the lives answer, there, you yeah, can tell me. I'm sure the answer is both yes and no. Yeah, that perhaps there is a uh, a Portuguese or Brazilian neighborhood, but you know, highlighting that one neighborhood is probably a. Uh, more eccentric yeah. choice yeah and maybe trying to avoid um you know in, insulting uh cult- cultures closer to home like uh you know mexican Me- mexico <laughs> or, or central america or whatever well, it is it is funny to uh highlight uh brazil uh always because it is the uh the south american country that is you know of course south american but the one that is not spanish but portuguese but portuguese um 
but uh, anyway, the the closest of that neighborhood to then Cambridge, which is like the bougie area. Uh, that's where everybody who went to college uh, in in Boston area went to school up in. You know, you know that thing where yeah, yeah, you ever, have I've, you ever I've, met? I've a witnessed person, that firsthand. Yeah, a person who uh, went to school or went to Harvard. They didn't. They will never tell you they went to Harvard. They always went to school up in Cambridge. Yeah. Well, I did. I I had a a good friend from my um abroad who I I, res- I did respect him that he did not play that game. Yeah, he uh, said I I go to he Harvard. He said I go to Harvard. Um, listen, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's nice. <laughs> I'm sure it's a nice school. <laughs> the can I uh, aside for a school like Ivy League schools in general? Yeah, let's go for it. The the thing about an Ivy League school is well, first of all, it really helps to um have parents who can donate to it. It really helps to have parents yeah. who went there. Yeah. Or it really helps to be, a I guess, Roosevelt excessively... Or a Roosevelt or Kennedy or yeah. something. Or excessively smart or whatever. But yeah. once you get in, they, you're basically... You, it's it's so hard to get kicked out of an elite school. Mm-hmm. You have to do something so bad, and you have to get caught. Yeah. The, otherwise, academically, they really, really don't want you to fail. Yeah. Because that looks bad for them. Attri- is it attrition is the word when yeah. um, people drop out of something? Colleges do not want uh, attrition yes. rates to be high. So they will literally hold your hand and wipe your ass for the next four years until you stumble out yeah. bleary-eyed with there a is, Harvard degree. Uh, that's why going to an Ivy League school is a sucker's game because uh, you cannot, there is, you're not going to get a better education. It's not a better education. It's, it's merely, merely a more, more famous, famous one. one. Uh, and then, but also still, uh, you're, you, then you're just going to college surrounded by weird uh, strivers uh, and uh, apple polishers and grade grubbers uh, instead of <laughs> instead of fun party animals, which is the thing that makes college fun. fun. And that is the point of going to college is having fun with your friends. If I, I I've and thought get, about and this, getting the big D, getting the big D, so that you can prove that you went to college, and, and so you can have job. like a normal middle class life. I, I've played this game in my head before a lot of where would you go if you could do college again? And you know where I think I would go? Arizona State University. <laughs> S- nice fun. and warm. I would I would like work out. Like I would like go to the gym every day, yeah. get super hot, get super tan, and then just like party every like four nights a week. And get a degree in like media studies or something. Fuck yeah. yeah. And what's the difference? And what you still could have gotten your job your your out of school job at what Spreecast? Yeah. Like if you, you, the thing is that you like happened to do that job, if you could do it again with the the dedication of being like, I will go to Arizona State and then I will hound somebody from Spreecast. I will hound. To, I will hound somebody me. for yeah. It's all. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I've I've complicated feelings about college, but I do. I do think. And have we said this on air? I do think that there should be co- college. The educational bubble should burst. Mm-hmm. Student loans should obviously be forgiven. That's a. You know, we got to build back given. better somehow. But uh, we, let's, folks, we're building back better. Let's let's triple B that shit. <laughs> um, but then I also think that there should be a national service mm-hmm. for people uh, once you turn eighteen, yeah, eighteen to twenty-one, let's say, where you are stationed at some point at some place in the country. There are like dorms. There mm-hmm. you are around your peers. You are yes. all doing service together. Yes, you are doing things like taking care of the incredible amount of old people that yes. this country uh, is like about elder to get. care, home care for uh, you're, disabled people. You're doing f- physical work like. Preparing our infrastructure for the yep. inevitabilities of climate change. Literally digging ditches, but you know you're doing it at a uh, moderate amount. 
uh, for a low grade pay, you're doing it maybe six hours a day. You're getting a full, full you're getting eight, housed and fed. But you're getting housed and fed. Social and activities out, will yes. be provided. Ice cream socials, uh, mm, uh, tea, for tea dances, yes. <laughs> etc. Uh, cakewalks. Um, yeah. What what else did people do in the old uh, sock hops, etc. Sock hops. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sally May. No, that's the uh, the loan agency. What is it? The the dance that we're Sadie the, Hawkins. Sadie dances. Hawkins. Um, you will Mac be dance. mixed. You will be incredibly demographically mixed. You yes. will meet people who are not like you. Yes. It is mandatory. There is no way to get out yes. of it. I don't care if your last name is Roosevelt or Kennedy yes. or. Um, if you're Lori Laughlin's child, mm-hmm. uh, Olivia Jade, you're all going together. Yeah, and if you do find some way to get out of it, you are, and you are then at like a party with your peers later. I was like, you didn't do the service years. Yeah, like oh, oh okay. gross, yeah. disgusting. Those and are yeah. the best years of my life. Um, we need to make the IDF, but for planting trees on roadsides. Hundred, hundred percent. And you know what I honestly think would happen? I think the age, the age that people would get married would. Decre- I think people go back would down. start getting married younger. I think the birth rate would go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you you might come out of it being like, yeah, I have electrician skills. Yes. And I will be an electrician now rather than do like an apprenticeship or whatever. Or you'll be like, I, I don't know. I still want to make a podcast. Uh, this is also... And you won't be in debt. And yeah, the country is, will the, be better for it. Matt, Matt, Matt Chrisman also has uh, a similar idea that, you know, most training should be vocational. It should be at localized public centers. Um, the German mode of education where you have, you know, gymnasium or whatever. That, like, well, the German mode of education is how we got colleges. Yeah, but don't, don't you, if you, you split off if you have a vocation. Yeah, I think that there's a college track and then a, a, a real person track. Yeah. And going to colleges for, uh, you know, if you want to be a, a real pen, uh, uh, pointy, pointy head, pencil uh, necked geek and be like a uh, a philosophy student or yeah. something yeah think about the nature of man etc etc anyway it's funny um that's that's my pitch sorry go on well i mean i think that the, this you know it's a bit of a tangent but also you know he is talking about the um the boston drive from if i remember correctly going out on the green line when i was touring colleges there from mm-hmm. boston college further south to boston university to as you get closer to the city center and veer north into cambridge to uh harvard uh you know emerson's out you know it's like it's a college town yes. in addition to being a, another a uh a, a real town so you know your your drive down the green line into the city center is defined by the colleges you pass um yes. So you know, I think it, it's worth talking about. Yeah, it's a, and he t- he talks about passing Boston University and seeing those soft, dairy-fed uh, girls chicks. with the clean hair. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's interesting. It, we we have not heard through the uh, AA stuff any uh, idea of attraction, uh, romance, horniness. Yeah, uh, at all. So it's interesting to hear that brief aside about it. Um, the, I I like that point of being like imagine it, like him even imagining talking to a girl other than what is the phrase that he used like other than like penitent uh like penitence and self denial yeah com- coming in and uh, yeah um yeah all, all that stuff uh going out on a date and being being like so how, how have you been spending your time recently and being like denying myself pleasure <laughs> right well Very that's proactively <laughs> you know not not to uh ca- cast judgment or, or whatever especially in like celebrity culture but that that is why i, I know there was a lot of crowing about john mulaney mm-hmm. uh getting with olivia munn so soon after his divorce and like getting out of rehab 
And I think a lot of that was basically none of people's business. But I do think the underlying uh, upsetness with that was like, he just got out of rehab. Like, yes. it's maybe not the best time to like <laughs> have a baby with someone. And I don't know. Yeah. Who, who knows what's going on with, with that guy? I, I wish them yeah. all the best. I cheated on my wife. <laughs> I, no, I don't cheated. think he cheated. I don't think he actually cheated, but it no. is funny, funny to be, be like, so I, I mean, I guess this is part of his, his stand up. So I was taking an eight ball <laughs> straight to the head and Olivia Munn texts me and says, can I suck your dick? Oh, my God. I feel like you're <laughs> delivering it in like a I know. I, uh, I don't have, I know. Yeah, well, that's how I always imagine John Mulaney yeah. <laughs> is basically Fred Schneider. <laughs> uh, should we touch on the Marath? Uh, yeah, chapter. the the I, I guess so. Here, I feel here's like, my question: Would would you sign up to get your P terminal no, jacked off? No, 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 no. You can't do that. You, that absolutely not. Um, I guess they are getting to uh, as as Marath might say, uh, um, the matter of the nub. The the, the matter of the nub. Yeah, the nub of the 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 ma- nub of the matter, the point of the issue. Oh yeah. Uh, the the pleasure principle. Principle of pleasure. Um, <laughs> pleasure principle. Would you would you sign up to get your the P terminal? Absolutely, absolutely not. Because there's no. I mean, I think the the basic rule of life is that if you're going to experience not not that you need to experience an equal amount of pain and pleasure, but if you only experience pleasure, then it's it it's a not it's not a well rounded experience. You got to work for it. Is the you thing got, you got to earn it. You got to work for it. You got to balance it with some more mundane stuff. Like yeah, otherwise, that's what makes it is. The pleasure otherwise, good. pleasure does become boring. I know, and that is. I think that's the underlying thing. It's like yes, these people are jacking their pee terminals until mm-hmm. they uh, die of thirst. I guess like yeah. they don't drink any water. But that is in and of, of itself. The pleasure is not sustaining. Yeah, and you will die. Yeah, you will die. I would prefer to have uh, uh, b- bits of pleasure throughout life and then live a, a, a longer and more balanced life. So no P terminal for me. Um, <laughs> I like that he brought up MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm glad that he he's got that on his mind. Sure. Um, I, you know, I guess they're they're uh, you know talking about whether the the entertainment is just or uh, you know if it is something to to use as a weapon. You know, right. It's like the new, you know, you've got obviously weapons of mass destruction that cause physical damage. You, there's like chemical weapons. And then this is like an emotional weapon and a spiritual weapon. A spiritual, at the end of the it day. is a spiritual weapon. The, the first of its kind. It is funny to imagine if there was like a YouTube video where if you watched it, you became addicted to it until you died. Mm-hmm. And how how that would propagate in our 2021 society. Yeah, so like if you think about something going viral, which in a way that the entertainment kind of is, it's being passed. Would well, it, it literally is like a, it's a virus? Yeah, a media virus. Yeah, so like. Well, but the thing is, is that if you start absor- uh, uh, absorbing it, you actually can't pass it on because uh, you become so absorbed in it to the exclusion of anything else, including like forwarding a link to a friend you know right you you wouldn't forward a link because you would be too distracted by the thing but so in theory like you know it would be like a word of mouth thing of being like i heard this guy saw this thing and then everyone is like where is it where is it i want to see yeah every user is basically terminal yeah like it it ends the line Mm -hmm. uh 
Inter- I don't know. Inter- I'm sure that there is some kind of like uh, internet epidemiologist who who would have a better theory of how that something like that might spread. I, th- I think I've said this on the pod before, but it is just so interesting that he did manage to nail this. Idea. Like this is this is what everyone, at least media companies, are trying to create right now, which is mm-hmm. like the Uber content. Mm-hmm. What is something that ha- you because you think of how you swipe through Instagram stories, you think of how you swipe through TikTok, you think of how you swipe up and down on a Twitter feed. What is something that's going to gather your attention instantaneously? Instantaneously and indefinitely. And indefinitely and totally and thoroughly. Mm-hmm. It, that is what everyone is trying to answer right now. And yes. What people have been doing over the years and for a while it was like hands and pans cooking videos. <laughs> and now it's like slime and satisfying, <laughs> like, you know, oddly yeah. satisfying. Is yeah. that the entertainment? So or, uh, you know, hot girls in Kardashian makeup doing simple dances. Doing vertically. simple dance, simple hypnotic uh rhythmic dances yeah we are we are trying to find it that is Which, that is the point of the internet from is my understanding of what the the entertainment actually is in the book which is joel van dyne making mommy noises to you <laughs> to a camera that's sorry like in mommy a bas- <laughs> mommy sorry that's in like a bassinet with like a gauzy filter on it like oh, is that not basically what like the tiktok girl dances a- are and it's like a- honestly it's like I, ASMR the, the entertainment is like the ultimate asmr because mm-hmm. it makes you feel and uh, th- this is what the dfw's vision of what the ultimate pl- the in the pleasure you cannot look away from the enveloping pleasure is basically feeling like you are cared for mm-hmm. like a child like uh, a baby he uh he says the pleasure is being baby and you know what He's right. He's right. Yes, I would like. I would like that. <laughs> I would like to be swaddled in a bassinet. Would we? Would we all like to be baby? Mommy cooing over me. Yeah, I don't know. It's the it's the <sighs> ultimate loss once you're out there. Yeah, once you're out there, which as he talks about mm-hmm. in the addiction stuff as well. And how, the way you get out of that cage is you got to figure out how to be your own mommy. Yeah, you got to be your own mommy. <laughs> Coming out of that cage, I'm feeling just fine. <laughs> and I'm feeling, wah, wah. Wah. All right. Should we wrap up for today? Yeah, much to I think like about. I feel like this was a uh, robust discussion sure. episode. And we got to do the dialogue in this one. So, yeah. Uh, I hope people appreciated my performances. Chris Wade will return as, with <laughs> Chris with Wade Chris as Hugh Steeply. Of course. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.